0: Hello, my podcast family. How are you guys doing? <clears throat> so glad that you stopped by to listen to this today. Um, it is September the 15th, also known as Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I wanted to come on because I have started into the venture of reading the Bible through, all the way through, 66 books. And. So far, I mean, I want to take the time and learn as much as I can about each and every one. I started with Obadiah. um, And let me go back because I didn't get as much. I mean, there was a vision that Obadiah had. um, And basically, it said that, you know, these people from Esau who were so high and mighty in their thinking and in their they looked down on their brother um he looked down their brother on his brother and and they would like gloat about it or whatever so he told them basically he's gonna bring them down so that was that vision from obadiah and then now i was reading jonah which i've read jonah and i've heard i've i've watched the videos and movies and kids shows and just you know Anything about Jonah, and if you've read about Jonah, you know that it's Jonah in the well, and how the well swallowed him up, or they called it a big fish in the uh, in the Bible. So that is the most important thing that people normally read about that. But I got some other things out of it, and I want to kind of go over what I got out of it, and um, I hope that you'll try to look at it, read it. It's not very big. Uh, The chapters pretty small. I did the smallest chapters first, so this is the second one that I read. And uh, so I'm gonna read to you what I wrote down here. Hopefully, it makes as much sense as it did in my mind. Uh, So I said I I had said Jonah was controlling. He tried to put himself above God. To show Jonah the lesson that God was trying to teach him, God, um, you know, had him. First of all, he had him go out. I don't know if how many people may or may not know the story. So go over that a little bit so God told Jonah and this is in the Old Testament to go to Nineveh and tell them that they were sinning and that they needed to repent or he was going to destroy their city well Jonah didn't like Nineveh he didn't like that Nineveh was doing these horrible things he felt like God should not give them grace enough to even ask for forgiveness and repent of their sins <clears throat> Jonah was so angry and thought they don't deserve that and so he ran from God and got on a boat and the boat was in the middle of this huge storm and there were other people there that were not believers or were not Jewish <clears throat> they were from all over the world and they were trying to figure out why this happened why they were having this problem on the on the ocean and Jonah went down this is how brazen this man was oh, I could just see so many people like this he didn't care that they were throwing stuff over the side of the ship to lighten it up so they wouldn't sink I mean they were doing everything they could so that they would not have to worry about being um, killed through this storm that was going through Jonah hikes his hind end downstairs in the lower deck and falls asleep the captain comes down and he's like how can you sleep we're probably gonna die and jonah's like you know i know this is the reason um they go up to the top and casting lots is basically like um throwing dice or something to figure out you know something that they're questioning in this case so it mentions that in there and they they basically try to figure out what's going on and what God's trying to tell them or what their gods are trying to tell them because like I said they came from all over the world and they were worshiping different gods and Jonah told them I know it's me and before they you know they wouldn't believe it so when they did cast the lots it did say that he was the problem And he's like, I knew it was. I've been trying to tell you all this. Throw me overboard and it'll stop. And the men were so afraid if God was doing this and he was on board and he was the man of God coming from this God that did this, then what was he going to do to them if if they killed him? So they were worried about it. And then they finally uh, made some kind of an agreement with God and basically was like, hey, you know, I we're gonna do this, but please don't come back with at us about this because we don't want to kill the man of God. This we don't want to be in in trouble for this. He's asking us to do this, so they made some kind of an agreement with God. They eventually got saved because they finally realized whenever they threw him overboard, and the waters calmed down and God wasn't angry with them anymore. You know what I'm saying? They the the ship calmed down and did exactly what Jonah said. They believed. And they turn to God as their God then. So moving on, Jonah's down into the sea. he I want to read this um, this really good, um, I mean, i got plenty of time. I mean, you people are going to listen or you're not, so hopefully you do. <laughs> but I want to read the prayer. It says, uh, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Oh, he lived down there. I have no idea. It had to be gone. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. I think he's kind of thanking God for getting this fish to save him. Um. And listen to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever, barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit, a belly of a well. <laughs> I'm just saying that parts me. Uh, when he, my life was ebbing away. I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose up to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited gross right Jonah on to dry land so now Jonah is on dry land then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you so he's going to tell Jonah what to say when he gets there so finally Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh so that's where we are now so, he goes in. It talks about how he went in a day's travel. Um, the length of the city was, or the uh, of Nineveh was like three days long. So, he walked one day inside. And then he gave the word, you know, to repent or the city is going to be destroyed. They all began to wear sackcloths. They began to fast and pray and turn from their ways. Now, all that happened. Um, let me get over here. Hold on. Okay, so we're going to four and nine. Um, so whenever I was reading this, even after they turned and repented and the destruction was, uh, you know, taken away, Jonah was still mad at God, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. This is uh, Jonah four and he became angry. What? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm just like, why are you mad? Ah, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't that what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were going to be gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, then he says, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live. I mean, this man was totally angry that God would save the city after all he then went through and everything. He still gets angry at God. And I'm like, what? So that's where I was saying, this is where I come in and, and, and feel like that. I need to talk about this. Jonah was controlling. He tried to put himself above God. To show Jonah the lesson he was trying to teach, God made a plant grow in the desert. Because he then moved to a place to sit and watch what God was going to do. Like, he went out and made himself a shelter in the desert and was going to watch what God was going to do to Nineveh. And so, he's sitting there and the sun scorching down on him. God gave him a plant to cover his head and give him shade. Um, It says, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? So let me go back because I didn't read that part. So God puts this plant over top of him. We're going to go back to four and, and six. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it would wither. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this plant? That's where I am. So, and Jonah said, it is. (laughs) It is right for me to be angry that this plant died. I am so angry and I wish I were dead. In 10, it says, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this. Oh, you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I... Not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell right, their right hand from their left hand. Jonah had a few character flaws. Not only was he disobeying God from the beginning, but he also displays... Let's see disobeying God, which also displays God's grace and patience with his children. So it shows that God is ever chasing after us, even when we are so ugly and just hateful and mean and ornery, God is still chasing you. He is still chasing after you to give you grace and be patient with you and love you unconditionally. But Jonah also put, other than the fact that he wasn't listening and obeying, Jonah also put his own thoughts above God's. Jonah wanted to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to control God and say, you don't need to forgive them. They aren't worth it. Don't do it. He didn't want God to be gracious to these people. Jonah thought that they don't deserve it. They don't deserve your grace. And can you see how... He was bringing God down to his own eye level. Some would even view that he was trying to bring him under him. He wanted to control the situation. Now, I want to mention this. It is our nature to be controlling. And it takes humility and understanding the word of God to be able to humble yourself before other people. So, it is our nature. God made us in his image. So, there is that part of us that is given by God. But, God is all-knowing. We are not all-knowing. We didn't know that there was 120,000 plus people in that city that needed to be saved. God knew. God knew that those were his children and that they deserved the same... Chances and understanding. I mean, God gave Jonah. He he was blatantly going against God. He was on purpose. I'm not going. You aren't gonna make me little kid in the corner with his hands pushed up and his lip pushed out. I'm not going. You're not gonna make me like a fit. But these people that were in Nineveh wasn't doing that. They just did not have the knowledge that they needed to repent and change their ways. They just didn't know that part. And that's what God brought up about. They don't know the right hand from the left. They don't know what they're doing wrong here. So Jonah was very, very controlling. And God still gave him the graces to save him from his own demise. Uh, Let's see. We don't have the ability to know everything. God is all-knowing. So let us step down today and put God back where he should be. High and lifted up. The all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipotent, all-purposeful, wanting the best for us all. Let's put him back where he should be. Now, I'm going to take this time and ask you if you want to come to our revival tonight. We're going to be having a revival up until September 19th, 7 p.m. to about 9 p.m. And God is moving. Last night, I had a vision when I came in. And before the pastor said anything, I felt like I seen the outline of the tent with flames above it, filled with the Holy Spirit filled with it. If you have a need, if you have a desire for God, if you have a need in your life financial, um, if it could be, you know, uh, uh, health. It could be a relationship that you've had. Maybe you can't forgive people for what they've done to you because your life has been ongoing situations of hurt and failure and Just people ripping things from your life and your happiness, your joy is gone. The pandemic itself is enough to make you want to be in the middle of revival with the Spirit of God. The Trinity is there. He's going to be there this entire time. I also want to make sure I mention this today, September 15th. 2021 is Yom Kippur now it happens every year it's 10 days after the holy day of Rosh Hashanah which is the Jewish new year now I looked a little bit further before I started this recording so I could give you some information about it the Lord corrected me don't talk about that till the end so let's talk about that now so Yom Kippur is a Jewish holiday that roughly translates as the day of atonement it is a period where Jewish people abstain from certain things and pray, seeking forgiveness for their sins. It is considered the holiest day of the Jewish people. Now, I wrote down some more information. Um, it, again, already said that it comes 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Jewish New Year. Um, and then Jews use, uh, traditionally... Spend Yom Kippur in prayer. For the observance, they fast, they pray, and they abstain from physical pleasures, refraining from work. Another one says the significance of the atonement, or the significance of the day is the atonement of personal sins. So you are asking God. Who forgive you of sins that you have had throughout the year. Um, I, I love it because if you think about it in Christianity, they there's no specific time they want you to come all the time and ask, but then you know, you get sometimes so into everything all of the life, you forget to ask God, forgive me for what I've done this year that wasn't right. Please, God, bring me back to. Um, back to the alignment of where I should be in your will. And then it, it also has the significance of this. This also predestines the fate in the, in the spiritual mind, I believe of each person is sealed for the upcoming year. So what they do is they come before God and they say, God use me. Let my life reflect you. Let this be sealed over me throughout this upcoming year. So it's a reflection and it's a foresight. So I'm just going to spend today and enjoy. Who spend this time in the Lord today? It is a special day. This um um. Yom Kippur actually starts when the sun goes down tonight, but I'm going to be in prayer today about my past sins and the future of my fate. And I know that God's working on your heart. He's going to bring you to full fruition of his purpose in your life. He's working on us. He's working on this country. This country was founded on God, on the true word of God. It's never failed. It's never failed. God has been with this country the entire time. And just like with Nineveh, just like with Nineveh, some of us don't know the right from the left. Are you going to listen to God today? Are you going to hear his voice in this message today? Are you going to realize the importance of today? Are you going to listen? I pray God goes before this word and that he plants in your heart and tenderizes your stony heart. That's what the Bible says. If you have a stony heart, he will now make it into flesh. That he will go before these words and every person under the sound of my voice will be changed today. I look forward to seeing you tonight under the revival tent of the Holy Spirit. Bring yourself so that you can show yourself true to your God in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being in this presence today, God. And thanks for what you're going to do. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We worship you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I made it about 22 minutes. So hopefully you've listened to all of it. God wants to do something mighty in your life. Come and support the church. Come and support your church family. You are a part of the family of God. You need to get in the car. Even if you stand outside of the tent away from everyone else because you're fearful of this pandemic. I completely understand. I've been vaccinated and I got the variant. So there's no guarantees. But that's another reason that you need to be there. You need to be a part of this. God is making things happen. Be a part of it. Come and join us. 9600 King Run Road, Louisville, Kentucky. We're looking for you to come tonight. We're looking to fill this tent up and have it outpouring. I'll be one to stand up outside. I don't care. I'll do it. I want to see you there. God wants to see you there. Come out and join us. We love you so much. Again, I'll see you around the merry-go-round.